I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to the Syrupcast, Mobile Syrup's Canadian tech-focused podcast. I'm Patrick O'Rourke, Mobile Service Managing Editor, and as you'll soon realize, Brad Bennett is not here today. I don't know where he is. I think he's like in the forest or something, either just hanging out with animals or meditating. I'm not entirely sure. Instead, we have Dean Daly across the table from me. How are you today, Dean? Hey, Pat. I'm a little tired, but I'm doing great because I'm here. Thanks for inviting me. That's good. That's good. I'm excited to hear your thoughts on the Pixel. And we also have John Lamont. How are you today, John? I'm doing good. I'm less tired, but that's because I'm four coffees deep and I'm starting to like vibrate. Four so. coffees deep? Oh yeah, it's wild. That's disgusting, man. If I hit three coffees in a day, I can't sleep at night. Yeah, I'm like sweating coffee. I'm it's a bad. T- I'm a two-man coffee person. Usually not coffee, usually tea. One in the morning and one at some point in the afternoon, but not after 3 p.m. Yeah, that's that's wise. I'm not walking the, the path of wisdom this week. But we're not here to talk about my coffee consumption. You guys have been hard at work, well, recently hard at work on the Pixel 4 review. It went up, so now you're just chilling, right? You're doing nothing, just hanging out. What? What? No, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely so both, not. Both, <laughs> yeah, caught me off guard there. Both John and Dean are on the pod this week to talk about the Pixel 4 and Pixel 4 XL. They did the review for Mobile Syrup. Um, I've also spent the last week playing around with the Pixel. I'm doing a camera comparison that goes a little more in depth, um, directly comparing the Pixel 4 to the iPhone 11 and other flagships like the OnePlus 7T, the Huawei P30 Pro, um, and I believe the Note 10 is the other phone I have in there. Well, you'll see that on Mobile Surf at some point in the future. But let's talk Pixel. The review's online. Yeah. In many ways, the phone doesn't need an introduction. We know everything about it. We've known everything about it for months now. For like a long, long time. Um, I think that it was probably one of the most anticlimactic phone releases in quite a while. I know there is some diehards that were excited for it, but the whole mystique of not knowing something about a phone was just non-existent with with the Pixel. Um, I edited your review, and I think you guys are pretty positive about most things. So I think to start, we'll just like open it up to the floor. What did you guys think of the phone? Well, I'd like to actually jump in and start by just talking about the Pixel event a little bit. Um, You mentioned that there wasn't a lot of kind of hype or mystique around it. And I saw a lot of comments online of people saying like it felt like a very kind of lackluster dead event. And I kind of get where they're coming from. Like it's hard to get excited as a presenter when you're talking about something that everybody's known about for months. It's very subdued is what I I tweeted. I think it's. Yeah. Yeah. But also I feel like as far as tech events goes, pretty it was pretty good. I mean, from from my perspective, it was great because I knew everything, so it just made everything like, yeah. easy to, to cover. But um, I think it was less hype prone than other other presentations normally have, which is is good. Yeah, it was it was a boring event. 
uh, Pixel, support you. <laughs> the Pixel Buds were interesting to see. I mean, I still want a Pixel smartwatch, but I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. So yeah, I was I was let down a bit. Um, cool. So you guys weren't super thrilled about the event. I think part of that's just because of what we do for a living. Like we're following leaks. We know everything about the phone phones before they come out, especially this phone in particular. I cover your every single leak. Yeah, so you're, yeah. you're pretty tired <laughs> of but what about like the phone itself? You guys have spent a little over a week with it at this point, maybe a little bit under a week. What what are your thoughts? I know that the reviews up on the site kind of I guess summarize how, how you feel about it. I have some specific questions I'll be asking, but just in general the phone, like how do you feel? I I like my Pixel four I have the four XL and in the panda color and I like it. It's uh, it's a nice phone. It feels great to hold in the hand. Uh, the battery isn't the greatest. I've used the P30 Pro, so I know what great battery life is. Um, and but and it looks great. I enjoy it. It does everything I, I need a phone to do right now. Um, yeah, John. Um, I think the best way to kind of sum up my thoughts on the device uh, would be, I Google made a great phone. I don't think they gave us a good reason to upgrade to it. Oh, for sure. Um, if you have the Pixel 3 or really any flagship from 2018, um, the Pixel 4 will be faster and it will be generally better, but there's no reason to upgrade every single year for a faster phone unless you're a really, really hardcore enthusiast. So if you're a Pixel 3 owner, is this worth getting? Uh, I would say no. No, of course not. But. You can say that about a lot of phones, like the S9 to the S10, or the iPhone, or not the iPhone, sorry, the S9 to the S10, or the Note 9 to the Note 10. Or We were talking about that yesterday, though. You can make the same argument about the iPhone XS to the iPhone 11. There's not a huge difference between the two devices. I think the only thing for me that was a significant upgrade was photography. Yeah. Um, I feel that between the 10s and the 11, that was a big leap in photography as far as Apple's concerned. Um, but I think that was another narrative that we saw with the Pixel. Like, and that was something that I pushed in my iPhone 11 review was that the iPhone 11 was Apple playing catch up, catch, catching up with Google, catching up with Huawei. The camera experience was pretty much identical to the Pixel 3, which I and I think a lot of other people view as the best camera phone out there at the time. Now that the Pixel 4 is out, um, I think one of the big questions is whether or not the Pixel 4 has as good a camera as the iPhone 11 series. What did you guys see in your experience with the camera? Like, was it a, a jump or was it like a kind of, a kind of little step forward in terms of uh, quality? Um, I would say no, it wasn't a significant move forward for Google. Um, the Pixel 3 was a fantastic camera and the Pixel 4 feels like basically the same camera with a couple thoughtful improvements like the dual exposure, which can really help kind of stylize your photos and really get those sweet shadows and highlights uh, if you play around with them. But I feel like most people just take the phone out of their pocket and hit the button to take the, the photo. The dual exposure is the feature where you can change the highlights and yeah, the yeah, lights yeah. in an image. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Because I thought that was... At least for me, during my time with the phone, that's something that I've always that I thought was really cool, and it's something that I've always had issues with other phones, is the fact that like, um, say you're taking a picture, like a, a photo of somebody, right, and you don't focus on their face, you focus on the sky that blows up their face, and vice versa, and either way, you can't really find a good balance in between the two, and it's something that you can do with like 
um, if you're shooting in manual mode with a camera phone or if you're uh, using a DSLR. But this kind of breaks that ability down to a very a very simple level. Is that does that make sense? Yeah, and I I think also it um, it makes it a little bit unique because. Uh, the way that you would normally handle exposure and highlights and lowlights would be in just kind of one slider in a camera where you can make like lower the exposure or raise the exposure to get a darker or brighter photo. But what Google did was they kind of separated it. So there's a slider for your your highlights, the bright areas, and there's a slider for your lowlights, the, the shadows and, and the darker areas of your photo. So you can adjust those independently to really get the look that you're going for. And it's kind of akin to what you'd get if you were using, say, a DSLR and shooting in RAW and then editing the photos afterwards. After the fact, yeah. Yeah. But you can do that before you take the photo, which is crazy. And this is just on by default, right? Like, it's not a manual settings feature or anything like that. Yeah. It's just there. All you have to do is tap the screen when you're taking a photo to bring it up. And I think it works in partnership with Google's Live HDR Plus Preview, which basically shows you the HDR version of your photo before you take it. Because with the Pixel 3 and other cameras that use HDR, you just see what the sensor sees. Um, you don't see what it looks like with HDR, which is processed after the fact. So what Google does is with the Pixel 4s, there's some machine learning that estimates what it's gonna look like with the HDR so you can get an idea of what it's oh, gonna cool. look like after you've taken the photo, but before you actually take it. What about uh, Night Sight? I know that was a big deal last year and it wasn't a Pixel 3 exclusive feature, like other, it came to other Pixel devices as well, but like, Night sight seemed like magic. Like I remember going to a concert when I first got the Pixel 3 and I was like, the iPhone can't do this like at all. I've never used a phone at all that was capable of this. But now I think that other manufacturers have caught up. Like OnePlus has their own version of it. Um, Dean, you wrote a little bit about Huawei's take on like a night mode. Apple even has night sight now. Like is the Pixel 4's night sight significantly better than the competition still or has everyone caught up? Yeah, it kind of seems like people are catching up. Like, Huawei's is, if not better, very comparable. Um, Apple's, I actually liked it. I took, a, I took some shots with the iPhone 11 and compared them to the Pixel 4. And I kind of went back and forth on which shots I preferred better during with Night Sight. Um, I haven't used OnePlus's, unfortunately, so I can't really talk to that. But it's... Night sight isn't the reason you buy a Pixel 4. It's not, you don't, you're not going to buy that phone because of that. Um, especially if you live in the city, because they did uh, go into astrophotography, which allows uh, the phone to take pictures of the dark like, sky with like um, all the stars and the moon and, and all the like, sample pictures. They looked really pretty. I've seen some people, um, like other media that have the phone take shots with that, the astral photography uh, mode, and it's it's pretty crazy what it's capable of. Um, I saw a few where people were like in the foreground of the picture with the night sky in the background. I saw that um, too. And the night sky looked, like it was crazy. I've never seen anything like that from a smartphone. Um, but it did look a little bit blurry, and I don't know if that was in relation to like the compression that Twitter does with images or on Instagram, because those are the two platforms that I saw the pictures. I haven't tried it out myself. I'm hoping to um, either this weekend or sometime in the near future, but it's definitely a, a very interesting feature, and I think it just works by like having a long exposure, right? Yeah, yeah it just keeps the, keep the phone still, and it will try to like take the... It will keep the exposure open long enough so that it will capture all the light to take the shots i know that bennett downloaded the apk for it on his pixel 3 
and he was saying that the phone kept it its like the exposure um for 90 seconds like it was a little while i think the uh that feature is supposed to be coming to other pixel devices in the future too yeah it is coming to other pixel devices but i believe from a hardware perspective the older pixel devices can't have the exposure open for as long um i think the pixel 4 can do it like keep it open for four minutes or something like that it's something crazy yeah. long i like remember the shutter open the entire time wow yeah, that's, yeah, I think that's what I, I remember during the event that they said that, but they also talked about how in four minutes the stars actually move. So there's some machine learning stuff there as well to kind of make sure that everything stays lined up. Because oh, I think true. I think it captures like multiple images as well. It's mm, not just like true. one yeah, four yeah. minute image. So so I guess switching gears a little bit from photography, um, I've tried Motion Sense. I ran into issues with it where I couldn't get it to work because everybody knows that I'm. The type of person who's obsessed with keeping my phones in pristine condition. So literally the second day after I got the uh, the Pixel 4, I put a screen protector on it right away. And because it was like one of those cheaper Amazon ones, when I applied it, it didn't have, I don't know if you guys have seen them, there's these like plastic applicators that make sure that the screen protector is centered. This didn't have one of those. I just eyeballed it, put it down. Um, and part of this protector was covering the camera, but only by a little tiny bit, like the front facing camera. Um, and I couldn't get uh, motion sense to work for quite a while until I like made that connection with, oh, I'm an idiot. I shouldn't have put this on so quickly. And it's covering the phone a little bit, covering the camera a little bit. Um, got it to work, tried it out. It's cool. Like it's interesting. Um, but I don't think it's something that I would ever use. I know because I've read your and edited your review that you guys feel somewhat similar about that. Um, I don't know. Let's let's just talk about motion sense. Like, what? Why? I think the thing that interests me the most about this is like, the Pixel is supposed to be the premier Android phone, right? Like, it's the top of the crop. It's the best Android phone out there in a lot of ways. It's kind of the example for other manufacturers to follow. This seems very uncharacteristic to me for Google to put into a device. It's it's almost like a gimmicky feature. Do you see it becoming more than that at some point in the future? Um, yeah, based on what Google kind of said, said to me at the Pixel event and the narrative that they're running with Motion Sense, I think that this is just kind of supposed to be the beginning. Because um, basically Google laid out that Motion Sense has a passive interaction and an active interaction. And basically what that means is on the passive side, you have things like when you reach for the phone to pick it up, Motion Sense activates and starts uh, the face unlock process before you've even touched the phone. So it does do more than just like waving my hand and from yeah. Spotify to switch tracks. Yeah. Okay. And so I think for right now, the passive stuff is what's more important with motion sense. Cause I find that that tends to work pretty well. Right. So you have, you know, reaching for the phone to pick it up, uh, face unlock works incredibly quickly in part because it starts looking for your face before you've even gotten it off the desk or out of your pocket. Right. Um, and then the other part of that is, uh, when you set alarms and stuff like that, when you reach uh, to the phone to turn off an alarm, it quiets the alarm like as you reach for it. Oh, that's cool. Um, which is nice because it know the phone knows it's like oh you're reaching to turn off the alarm. I'm just gonna like make it quiet because you've clearly heard it, right? So it's stuff going on behind the scenes that might not be like extremely obvious. Yeah, the problem with that is the stuff going on behind the scenes. I don't think is enough justification to. Put that feature in like in and of itself it's cool um but i just don't think it's worth 
motion sense by itself. And that's why there's the active component where you can do these gestures to like skip songs and Spotify and stuff like that. But at the moment, those gestures are pretty bare bones and don't really offer a lot of reliable functionality. We were talking about it before the podcast, um, and I don't know who mentioned it, but I like I, it would be much more useful to me with something like the Google Home. Yeah, yeah. Did they I, talk I, about that at all? Like bringing they, that they same didn't. technology. Basically, Dean, you had said that some of the Google Homes do, and I believe uh, we realized that the the Nest Hub Max uh, is one of them, where you can swipe with your your hand and. Unlike the Pixel, it's not radar. It uses the camera. Um, so yeah, I think I think part of what Motion Sense is going to be is it's going to be a bigger overarching feature across Google products, maybe with some of the future Google Homes and Nest Homes and, and all that stuff. Uh, and I think it makes a lot of sense in that context. So this is a bit of I, an experiment. Sorry, continue. I actually disagree. I think like, well, it will work great in Nest products for sure. But I think it, it can work really well on, on phones if it if it worked at all, really. Because like, motion sense doesn't really work. You you can swipe as much as you want. But sometimes when you're on Spotify, it will not switch its songs. Um, well, not the song will not switch. And sometimes when you're trying to shut an alarm off, it won't shut off. If it did work, I think it'd be something that we we kind of praise and if it could do more like lg has air motion which isn't exactly the same at all and it, but it can do perform certain actions which i think is pretty useful uh, or it can be useful especially if your hands are full or dirty or wet but the pixel 4 is just doesn't really work well right now Samsung has a similar feature where you can like do certain things on the phone with the S Pen. Like I know it's not completely independent. You still have the S Pen, which is linked to the phone, but it's that that same idea. I but guess, it probably works better. Yeah, it, it worked. <laughs> like I, I remember testing it out. Like I only used it three times, probably when I was in the review process. But like it worked. Would I use it? Probably not. Um, I think the thing I, I agree with you guys. I think the issue for me with motion sense is just the inconsistency. Once I finally got it up and running, um, when I try using it for my desk or whatever and I was listening to music, like it would only work maybe 50% of the time. Yeah. Like um, when it did work, it was pretty cool, but I think for a feature that's new, like th th that's new like that and experimental, it kind of needs to work 100% of the time, right? Yeah, and I think um, I was watching uh, MKBHD last night in his, uh, review of the Pixel 4, and he talked about, he said the same thing. He's like, it only A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Works about 50% of the time for him, but then after practicing, he kind of got it up to about 75% of the yeah. time it would work. Um, and I think part of the issue is that Google doesn't provide any sort of tutorial or training with the phone to show you how to do it. Which you would think is crazy, but LG actually, when I was told them I had an issue with it, they actually sent me like a little video of how to use AirMotion, and right after that, it was a lot better. Yeah, but a lot of people aren't going to take that extra oh, step, Oh, for right? sure. Like the phone yeah. should be telling you exactly what to do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So like... 
a, a great way to do it is there's already a step in the phone's setup process that asks if you want to use motion sense. Yeah, tell people what the hell it is. Yeah, so if, <laughs> if you have there, if you have in that section a video that shows you this is how it works, I feel like that would make it a lot better for, for people and it would increase the understanding of how, how it works and also tell people where it works. Because right now it's such it's so limited, it only works in like YouTube, Spotify, and the Alarms app. And I still haven't got it to work on YouTube So yet. is it open to third-party developers? Mm. Like can third-party developers integrate this into their apps or is this very much controlled by Google? This that is, was something that I was unclear about. From my understanding, this is very much controlled by Google. Like it works in Spotify. Um, but is that because like Google has a special relationship with? From my understanding, that's it. Yeah, okay. that's um, interesting. But Google did say this is like a this is phase one. Like there will be more stuff coming down the pipeline. I asked them. I was like, Hey, will there be more things that will happen with Motion Sense before next year, before the Pixel Five? And they said, They said, Yeah, we should be announcing more things throughout the year. They also said that with the Pixel Neuro, Neuro Core that's in the device, it it should be learning as you use it. So it should get better? It should. Yeah, that's, that's the key word is it should get better. The other interesting thing when they talked about the phases is, um, I can't remember his name, but it was uh, the vice president or the, the president he of was Pixel. like the product chief like the he, product chief he yeah. did something the guy, the guy in charge of pixel yeah um i can't remember his name for the life of me it's in the review if you go in and you read the, the full review when we talk about motion sense his name is in there um but basically what he said was the phase one gestures that are there now are kind of designed to um introduce people because people need to learn how to use motion sense and then phase two and phase three gestures should expand on functionality and be a little bit more complex because people have figured out how it actually works. So the, the other thing that I think for me over the, the past week, one of the things that I find, I guess, polarizing about the phone is like, I really like the back. Like, I think it's a very nice looking phone <laughs> from, from, from behind. Like, I really like the Oso orange color. I think the white looks really good. I know that's Dean's favorite. Not so into the, the, what's it called, just black. Yeah, that's why I laughed, because uh, for us, me and Pat have the white and the orange one, but uh, poor John over here has just black. Uh, I will say that the just black has grown on me. I think visually it looks fine. It kind of reminds me of the iPhone 7 in that jet black. Do you love those those fingerprints? No, I don't. (laughs) As as someone who hates using a case, uh, the fingerprints and the grease drive drive me crazy. So I I just carry around a microfiber cloth and wipe it down every couple hours. So I, I like the back of the phone. I like the kind of matte sides. I love like the matte part of the rear. Like it feels nicest to run your fingers over. I think when we all three of us got it, that was one of the first things we started doing. We we're like stroking the back of the phone, like a like, cat, it, yeah, like a cat or something. <laughs> um, but for me, the front looks dated, and I understand the hate for the Pixel 3's notch. I get it. It was too deep. Um, it was intrusive. The type of audience that the Pixel's going after is that like hardcore Android audience that that doesn't care about notches. At least that's the consensus that I've sort of seen online. But the front of the phone and that giant top bezel, which people call a forehead, and I absolutely hate. <laughs> I was gonna say the forehead <laughs> drives me crazy. Um, it makes the, to me it makes the phone look dated. Like if I put this beside another device and I didn't know anything about smartphones, I would think that it was a Pixel Two or a phone from a couple years ago. I don't think either of you feel the same way. 
Uh, no. Um, I am a strong defender of the top bezel. I very much prefer it to the Pixel 3 XL notch. Uh, that notch sucked. Like, I'll, yeah. I'll agree with that for sure. The thing is, I I don't think Google could have made this phone with a notch. There's there's just no way to get the hardware that they packed into the top of the phone into a notch that, that works. Or at least not one that wouldn't be the size of the iPhone notch. And the iPhone notch just flat out would not work on an Android device because of the way that the Android operating system handles notches and handles that, that top section of the screen. I just can't see an iPhone size notch working on an Android device. What about you, Dean? I think there are Android size, I think there are like Apple size notches on Android devices. There, there probably are. <laughs> They're probably also very ugly. Uh, personally, like it looks old. Yeah, I, I agree the Pixel 4X before it looks older. It looks kind of dated. Um, do I prefer it over the Pixel 3 XL's notch? Uh, yeah, I do. Would have I rather a like a notch like on the Mate 20 or on the iPhone? Yeah, I would have. Like I would, I prefer a notch, but uh, I, I want was, a hole punch. That's what I want. Oh, I. Oh yeah. Yeah. The hands yeah. down my favorite device of the year right now is the S10e because of that hole punch notch. It just it looks so good. It looks a lot less, nice, but you can't fit anything in there except for a camera, which is the issue. Like Google wanted to put like yeah, that's true. All the sensors and stuff, yeah, the sensor and whatnot. Like even the Google has two infrared sensors up in there. Like it really was trying to focus on motion sense and face unlock. So what what do you guys think were the biggest issues with the Pixel this year? Because I think usually people are pretty resoundingly positive, and I think both of you liked the phone. Um, but the general like chatter online is like, and, and even like review scores and stuff like that are lower than previous years. Uh, what do you guys feel are the most significant problems? Like I know you've talked about battery life and other stuff like that. Do you want to tackle this one first, Dean? I no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I I will start off then. I think I think the most significant issue with the Pixel Four is that um, the big upgrade features, the reasons that Google wants oh, okay. you to upgrade to the phone, are not good enough to justify upgrading to the phone. Yeah, I agree. Um, Google went all in on these fancy new things like astrophotography and motion sense and face unlock. And they didn't go in on the things that people care about, like the camera and the battery. They didn't make enough significant improvements there. Or in the case of the battery, they didn't make any improvements at all. They actually got worse than what it was last year. For the Pixel 4. For the Pixel 4. So would either of you, like, say your buddy comes up to you, he's not a phone guy, he's not a tech guy, he wants a new Android phone, he's in the Android ecosystem. Would you recommend the Pixel 4 or 4XL, or would you recommend another phone that came out earlier this year? I think it really depends on what phone that that friend has at the moment um like if he has a samsung device i'd probably be more inclined to recommend that he upgrade to a samsung device yeah if he has a pixel i'd be more inclined to say upgrade to a pixel but it also depends on the age of the, of the device so if my friend had a pixel one or a pixel two i'd be like yeah pixel four is great if you don't want to spend that kind of money you can probably get a pixel three for cheap or a pixel 3a as well and be perfectly happy I think that's fair. I, I that's something that I struggle with with the Pixel brand, is I like I never know who it's for. You know what I mean? Like to me, it seems like it's for the hardcore Android enthusiast, but then it seems to in some ways also be missing key features that someone like that would be super into, like a whole punch screen. I know like a few Android like hardcore enthusiasts, and a couple of them have the Note Ten Plus. Note Ten Plus. Okay. Yeah, 
Um, I don't know who the pixel is for either. That's, I, that's my question. Yeah, like, I, it used to be for me where I used to be that person who would be like, I have the. It's kind of like someone who wants an Apple product, but doesn't want and to go with Apple. Like I have, like I don't use iPhones at all. So I used to like the. I used to like having the Google branded product, which was cool. I, like, like, yeah. benefits you get from yeah. the two over a Samsung device, like you. You're not going to get the latest Android update with a Samsung phone. But they're they but are will with the Pixel. They're quick, like they're not as long anymore. Like I, like you're still going to be waiting though. It's not instant in for the same sure. Way with the yeah. Pixel. But if you say if you went with OnePlus, like it's almost instant with OnePlus. Sure. Yeah. True. Like there, Google doesn't have a lot to necessarily hold people to Google anymore, mm-hmm. like to their own devices. Um, like I, I like I said, I, I like the Pixel Four XL, and I if someone asked me, I would and they were have they were using like a Pixel One, I would suggest it. But also like John, if they're looking for something cheaper, I'd say the Pixel Three A. Like there's no real reason to get the Pixel Four. Yeah, I I think the main argument for Pixels for a long time, like the Pixel, the Pixels were for the people who wanted a great camera experience or people who were iPhone users and they wanted to make the jump to Android. Yeah. That's who I think that the Pixel is for for a long time. The Pixel 4 doesn't feel like it does that because they didn't make enough camera improvements to really justify, you know, like going for the Pixel 4, right? Like the the thing that stood out about the Pixel 2 and the Pixel 3 was how good the camera was. And that was the reason you got a Pixel is because the camera was incredible. But all the other manufacturers have caught up now at this point. Like I, I talked about it earlier, I'm doing a camera comparison. I did uh, all, all of, basically all of the major flagships, and I was showing Dean pictures, and they look all of the photos look great. They look nearly identical. Some phones are better at certain things, but in general, like if you have a very expensive flagship that came out this year, it's gonna take photos just as good as the Pixel Four. Yeah, which I think makes the phone a tougher sell than probably last year's. Exactly. Yeah. So. Is there anything we missed? Anything you guys want to mention about the phone or any key features before we wrap this up? Face unlock is real quick. Like so, it's yeah, that was something I was going to ask earlier. Okay, it's very quick. Yeah. But the issue is that it unlocks when your eyes aren't open. Is that really a problem or are people blowing that into something bigger than it actually is? So, uh, previous coworker of ours, Samir, once brought up to me with face unlock if if a cop takes your phone or someone you don't want takes your phone and just shoves it in your face, they can unlock it. And I don't like that. I don't like the idea of that. Uh, I, like it's not, it's, that's not comforting to me. Cause someone could unlock, like if you only had face unlock on the pixel and you're sleeping, someone could hold it up to your face and it would unlock. Exactly. exactly. That's a nightmare. I know Google's fixing it. Um, to me, that seems like a significant problem. It also makes me question how easy the technology could be tricked. Like I know pretty much every authentication has been tricked at this point. Uh, Samsung's having all kinds of problems with the in-display ultrasonic and the S10. For some reason, not with the Note 10. People have tricked um, the iPhone with like tape and other all kinds of other methods. So it's like nothing is foolproof. But this seems, I don't know, like I'm wondering in the coming weeks, if stories are going to start coming out related to how easily people are tricking the authentication system. 
Yeah, it does call into question issues with tricking the Pixel 4 authentication system. I think this would be a lot less of an issue if the Pixel 4 also had a fingerprint scanner of some kind. Uh, because right now, it's either face unlock or it's a pin or, or a password or the no, weird pattern no, thing. No in-display sensor either. There's right? no in-display sensor, right? So if you want to use biometric authentication, your only option is face unlock. And another issue I've seen with the face unlock, aside from it not like registering even if your eyes are closed, is that you can only register one face. So you can't really do anything to kind of improve face unlock. I know on the iPhone you can register a one other face. Um, which is good like if you wear makeup and stuff like that sometimes the phone won't recognize yeah, you sense. right so the fact that you can only have one face registered also makes it really frustrating face for ID, some people face id will also learn too like even if you don't register with with just one face like um i think before i've set it up with my glasses on and then at first it won't work with my glasses uh, off but the more it like the more times it logs my face the better it slowly becomes yeah google says that face unlock will also learn but it does okay yeah let's see how well it learns i think it's gonna be interesting <laughs> to see in the future and like how many stories come out about issues but i know google's gonna fix it it's just a matter of when that when that update comes out it also seems insane to me that face unlock came out without them knowing that it worked with your eyes closed? Well, that seems no, they, they it, definitely it says, it. it says in the settings, yeah. when you turn on face unlock, there's a little blur below it that says... A keep in mind, looking at your phone can unlock when you don't intend it to. Your phone can be unlocked by someone else if it's held to your face, even if your eyes are closed. Your phone so can be unlocked by, by someone who looks like a sibling. Okay, I wasn't aware of that. It was yeah. by design, and this is reactionary to the, like, the backlash related to exactly. that. Exactly, yeah. Okay, so... I think this is a good place to wrap it up. I don't know, just summarize it. Like you guys generally like the phone, but I think you feel that it's missing a few key features that other Android devices have right now. Last year, I would say the Pixel 3 XL was probably my favorite phone of the year. I don't think I'll be seeing the same thing this year. That's right. Yeah. I really, really like the Pixel 4 and I, I like the direction that Google is heading, but I just don't think it does enough to make it a worthwhile purchase over other phones. That's fair. So let's get to shout outs. Um, mine this week is from, a, uh, it's not really a shout out to anything specific, but it's a, a story that I thought, thought was very interesting. There's this company, Analog, um, that releases remasters of various video game consoles. They've done the Super Nintendo, the regular Nintendo. Now they're tackling the Game Boy with a new system called the Pocket. It's basically just like a fancy regular Game Boy that's capable of playing Game Boy Color, regular Game Boy, and Game Boy Advance games. And it's absolutely beautiful and stunning. Like, I want one so badly for no reason. And I know that I will only use it three or four times and then it'll sit on a shelf and uh, gather dust. Um, but it's really cool. It even has like a dock that lets you play Game Boy games on a television screen. Why you would want to do that, I don't know. But I would love that capability. Um, it's not coming out until later this year and it's like 200 US, which is 263 Canadian. So that's a, a pretty expensive impulse buy. Um, but I think it's cool that companies like this exist, and in particular, I think what Analog is doing is a little more fascinating than a little more fascinating than some of the other clone consoles. They use special chips inside them that um, basically emulate the actual hardware that are in these original systems. That are not, that's not really important to me per se, but it's important to a lot of enthusiasts that are into this sort of thing. Whereas other consoles just run software that emulates them. So then you run into issues like slowdown and like graphical glitches and things like that. 
Um, so yeah, that, that's my shout out. Yeah, that, that's pretty cool. It almost, it makes me wonder why Nintendo hasn't added something like that to the Switch where you can get Game Boy games and like old retro games outside of like what was on you can NES. Only, you can only have NES and Super NES games. Yeah, all, it's very, very, very disappointing. Um, so what's, what's your shout out, John? Uh, my shout out is going to be to Twitter for finally bringing its lights out mode to Android. They announced that earlier today on Twitter. I saw that, yeah. Yeah, where else would they announce it? It's but, exciting. Yeah, I'm pretty excited because personally, I don't really like the, the blue dark mode. I much prefer the OLED friendly lights out mode. Dean, what's your shout out? My shout out is actually to John. Uh, he helped with the Pixel 4. It was great. Um, it, if it wasn't for him, I know the review wouldn't have turned out as good it is, as it is. So, yeah, thanks, John. Well, thank you. That means a lot. You did a great job as well, and it definitely would not have been what it was without you. It's just a compliment oh, fest on the Sircast. Oh, yeah. Great. Thanks, Pat, for letting us do it, too. Yeah. That's, that's what it's good for. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so thanks for listening to the Syrupcast. You can find me on Twitter at, at Patrick underscore O'Rourke and of course on mobilesyrup.com. Dean, where can everybody find you? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at the Daily Dean. And John, where can everyone find you? You can find me on Twitter at John underscore Lamont and that's John without an H, J-O-N. That's a good uh, thing to specify there. Yeah, I realized that I, d- I don't think I've specified that in the past. So It's not, not a common way of spelling John. I've never yeah. thought about that. Yeah. And as always, you can find all of our content on mobilesurf.com as well as on Twitter and Instagram. And that's it. See you next week. Peace. Peace. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 